1: Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. Hi there, and welcome
0: to The Inevitable. This is our new podcast where we're talking about the future of the car. This means everything from electrified vehicles to cars that drive themselves. Where are we going and how will we get there? I'm Johnny Lieberman from Motor Trend, joined by Ed Lowe, and we are going to talk to some amazing guests. We have Reggie Watts, we have Sung Kang, we have James Marsden, we have Spike Ferriston, Kristen Lee, Derek Jenkins, a whole bunch of actors, celebrities, car Crazy folks, people from in and outside the industry. It's gonna be great, and you can find it on podcast1.com or anywhere you find you listen to your favorite podcast. We're also doing a video series as well. That's on motor com slash the inevitable or on youtube.com slash motor trend. Come join us.
1: Hey guys, welcome to CarCast. Oh man, this week we're gonna talk about the uh the boat, the Felicity Ace, with the, the finally sank. It's got a bunch of cars at the bottom of the ocean. We're also going to touch on a new SUV from Lotus, Corvette Z06, and more. Before we get started, here's Geico. Would you love to save money on insurance? Well, of course. Who doesn't love a good deal? Well, when it comes to great rates on insurance for everything, Geico can help. Insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, RV, even homeowners, condo, and renter's coverage. Save even more with a special discount when you bundle coverages. Plus, add the easy to use Geico mobile app and 24 hour roadside assistance, and the switch to Geico becomes a no brainer. Switch today and see how you can save. Simply go to geico.com to get a rate quote or contact your local agent. <laughs> Welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator. DeAndre here with Bill Goldberg. Oh, are you starting to settle in, mind, body, starting to re- recuperate after uh, the Saudi Arabia the trip, the match, the time changes, the lack of food, the, the
0: <laughs> all, all of the above, all
1: of the above.
0: Yeah. As, as I'm cleaning kangaroo diarrhea
1: off my floor,
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm getting kind of back to normal. Is that normal? But I,
1: yeah. I think it's kind of yeah. kind of normal. Well. Cleaning up the pet shit on the floor is about as normal as it gets <laughs> over over there. By the way, yeah, we were just talking about this a second ago. So, Wanda, your wife uh, has a zoo basically, and <laughs> I, I I get like there's some animals that come to visit. She sort of like babysits and then or 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 whatever, and then some end up staying permanently. And I've been looking at this. I don't even know what it's really called, but it's a, it's a Baby kangaroo. It's like a tiny kangaroo. I don't. Does it get yeah, bigger? It gets to be like five and a half feet tall. Oh, it it's going to get big then. I didn't know yeah. if it was. All right. Well, so.
0: most babies are small in the beginning, and then you know. They, I,
1: I just they, didn't know if this was like a miniature thing. You know, like it, it couldn't be that.
0: I couldn't be that lucky. No. no. So. Although if there's a miniature one, then there's more excuse to get more of them. So they take up less space, and so yeah, I mean, there, there's a caveat to each one, but. It's a normal sized kangaroo and it's wonderful. All
1: right. right. So, His name Wanda's is got Rufus. The, Rufus, the kangaroo, and yeah. right now is tiny and sits in the car and goes on rides with her and wears a scarf and uh, a little coat. What are you going to do when this thing's five and a half feet tall and wants to ride in the car and wear a scarf and make it happen?
0: Scarf's <laughs> out the window. The scarf's because it's, you know, it's been like 30 degrees here. Uh, repeatedly day after day and i live in texas it's funny that the the one the one that grows up in canada asked me a hundred percent seriously the other day did you know it got so cold here in texas <laughs> before we moved here I'm like aren't you from canada first of all yeah second of all yeah i mean hey man it gets it's four se- it's seasonal
1: yeah. yeah uh anyway i i saw i keep seeing Wanda's post on social media, and I was like, "Oh, this thing is super cute." I was like, "But it's going to get big, <laughs> yeah." And, <laughs> and it's got
0: gonna... it, actually. That's yeah. that's why he originally wanted it because it's funny. Me and like me and the fainting goat thing.
1: Yeah, so,
0: um, he's going to get his ass kicked by it, and then you know, demoralized. Yeah. He'll probably have to quit sports. But um, you know, it's entertainment, man. It's entertainment and keeping you know my beautiful wife happy, and that's all.
1: She seems to be having a great time and does such a great job with the entire zoo. <laughs> the, the, there's a lot. There's a lot going Paige on there. and I
0: can be, can be included in that. that <laughs> you guys
1: are part of the animals uh, over there that yeah. she's taking care of. Uh, how's the How's the garage? It's
0: getting there, man. It's they're jamming. You know, uh, one day it's you know ten cars out there, and they're putting up the rest of the purling. And the next next day, there's one car. You know, it's 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 still it's still the workforce. You know how that is, um, and then it's supplies still. And but yeah, it's yeah. moving along, man. They're putting the floors in, so I mean, I'm I'm getting excited, I'm getting excited. Talked to Ben Pack, you know, again last week. Yes, we got the flooring uh, decided on the main floor, and then we're working on the second flooring, and then the stairs. And you know how the stairs are.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: so. Uh, Yeah. And then the garage doors. And so, yeah, it's getting to be an exciting time to make decisions that uh, will probably prolong the project. So, you know, it's, uh, it's good.
1: And it, you gotta, you gotta be able to, to shoot from the hip a little bit, not so much that it costs you a fortune, but you know, like I was saying before on, on the stairs and in, in Adam's new garage, the stairs came out great. The glass railing, all of that came out great, but the grab handle, that they sent the mounts on it and it was wood we just didn't like any of that so uh sean and in, in the in the warehouse over there custom fabricated everything got stainless round tube and you know cut and welded and bended on the mandrel bender and the whole thing and just uh went back a few times and take measurements and then he came here when everything was welded and finished he had one Giant railing that was mounted the entire shape, you know, two turns and going up, uh, and brought it over. And that was that was, it was, it was a lot of work. And it's a subtle difference, but it made all the difference in the world. We just weren't happy I, with I, the little railing. I hope,
0: mon- I hope to do absolutely none of that. Yeah, but I, I hope.
1: I hope so too. But uh, hey. those are the little things that. uh, uh I, are gonna get you there.
0: Can I, can I come clean? Yeah, I, you know the things backwards like that. I originally kind of planned because of the roof line, you know, it, it slopes. Yeah. And I thought the kitchenette and the, the big deck were at the large opening instead of the,
1: you know, Oh, so they're on the slope side. They're on the lower end side. Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, I mean, it's, it, it, uh, yeah through all of the reconfigurations and everything, the additions, I seem to have overlooked something that was a really big deal. <clears throat> but you know now it, I'm,
1: is it is it bad or you're just surprised?
0: Oh, I'm surprised and it's bad a little bit. Um, though there has to be a little bit of altering that needs to take place, but for the most part it's it's not really affected. It's just, I would have liked to have had the roof line five to eight feet higher <clears throat> where I'm doing.
1: In those areas. Yeah. yeah, In those areas. Because
0: <laughs> right. it's completely switched. And like the stairs, the stairs are on the opposite side. So I, I got the whole building turned around and it's all good. There's no negative about it, except for I feel like a horse's ass. <laughs> but I mean, it's all good. It's all good. Just some
1: figure. Just some reconfiguring. All right. We'll see. See what that's going to cost you. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no, yeah. Everything costs time and money. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Reality. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, no. Speaking of reality, here's the update on the Felicity Ace. This is the big ship that's been uh, burning uh, – uh, in the middle of the ocean with about four thousand cars on it. Um, I'm sure you guys have seen it in the news, certainly in the automotive news, and every other podcast. Everybody's covering it. It's tragic. It's it's it's. I don't know. It's the whole thing is just wacky. the The crew on the ship, by the way, let's just lead with this. The crew on the ship has been evacuated. Twenty two members. That happened a while ago. Everything's fine, but. Of the 4,000 cars from the VW group, there's VWs, there's Porsche, Audis, Bentleys, Lamborghinis. They didn't really give any information as to how many of each of those cars. I think um, Matt Farah on Smoking Tire has been very uh, vocal about it. I think he ordered a a car, a specialty Porsche that uh, is on there. Um, Super sucks. Uh, I'm so... uh, uh, very very sad to hear that uh, i mean obviously 4000 cars <laughs> I, I, it's it's terrible situation right obviously he's going to get his car replaced and he's going to have to wait a little bit longer and whatever so it'll get worked <laughs> out but yeah you know you're waiting a long time and and you know then you get a phone call or an email or something going yeah sorry your 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 one off special car that you custom ordered is is burning in the middle of the ocean we're pretty sure uh, I so, like I like Matt, and so
0: I do my too. La- I, I, laughing is not, my laughing is—it's not, <laughs> not has nothing to do with him. It's just—it's a giddy kind of a helpless laugh because I can unmistakably empathize with him. I, right you're, now. You're, you can
1: just <laughs> like there's nothing he could do. There's nothing anybody with the order of these cars. Like you're just sitting there going, "Oh, great. Well, I'm screwed." Uh, but also it's like, it's a car. I don't know. It's just the whole thing's kind of weird. And I do like that. And I do feel bad. And uh,
0: were there any any numbers on the electric vehicles versus the, uh, the others? Uh,
1: Uh, I, I, I don't know that. So that's part of the issue is when this thing started to catch fire, it worked its way to some of the electric cars and the batteries and, and those were on fire and some you know how do you put them out and the chemicals uh, but the the bad news is, is so they were towing it in first they couldn't do anything for like a week it needed to kind of burn for for a bit and then they were towing it towing it in and it's still out there i don't know it's like 200 250 nautical miles out there and it just got its ass kicked with huge waves and big weather out there. And then it just it it banked over about 45 degrees and caught some water, and that was it. So now it sank. So now this damn thing is in the bottom of the ocean. So there's not even – well, now there's a whole bunch of problems. One, who knows what's in the bottom of the ocean now, right? Chemicals and, and – oil and and diesel fuel from the ship and there's a whole freaking mess out there that is terrible Uh, but then yes not being able to bring it in there's not even like a a crew that can get on board and kind of walk around and be like did anything get salvaged and can we take inventory of the cars and you know like obviously there's paperwork of saying what's on the thing but you know now you have to. I don't know what you can do. I, I guess I, I don't know how. I mean, first of all, there's got to be a cleanup crew in the in the ocean trying to, you know, oil spills we've seen before, and we've got some methods of, of cleaning that up and diesel fuel and stuff. But I don't know what's going on with lithium-ion batteries and all kinds of other stuff. Uh, you know that make up those batteries. So it sounds like it's a shit show at the bottom of the ocean, which it, that's the part where we're like, oh, it sank. We lost all our cars. Yeah, but also, didn't we just screw up uh, the the ocean in that area? So I don't know. It sounds like sounds like a big hassle. I think uh, the Portuguese Navy says because it was so far out, it's about ten thousand feet deep. Uh, it was carrying 2,200 tons of fuel and 2,200 tons of oil. Not gallons. Um And yeah, financially, this is a shit show. It's $438 million worth of goods were on the ship. Uh, 401 million of it was cars. Uh, you know, look, to... To the owners of the cars, people that ordered them specifically, uh, guys like Matt Farah, um, I but don't know all the specifics.
0: The damage that this this accident has caused. Well, so so once once you put it into figures like that, yeah, I mean it kind of <laughs> puts reality. It takes the giggle out of it. I mean it's a
1: it's a it, horrible disaster. It, it, it does now from from the owner's point of view or the order holders, they didn't take delivery of the car. So this isn't going to be on them. They don't have to call their insurance company. This is, you know, they can decide, do we order a new car? Do we cancel the order? You know, whatever. You know, I'm I'm sure they're going to have to work that out with with the car companies, the particular brands. Maybe Porsche does something different than VW. Maybe VW does something different than Audi, Lamborghini, and so on and so forth.
0: How would you like to be the concierge taking those cars?
1: I, yeah and listen and, and all these dealers that don't have a lot of information they're getting phone calls and you know uh and, and all kinds of information from their customers going what are we doing what's going on and you know and these are expensive cars so there's you know it's, it's a little bit different type of of buyer and you know it's sort of a <sighs> a little bit more of a handholding process when you're custom ordering a car and you're building it to order and if you do you know paint to match and all kinds of stuff. So yeah, it sounds like a a whole terrible situation. I mean, good that nobody's hurt, but now this is an impact on the environment out there, an impact financially. Uh it's a there's a lot of things going on. But anyway, that's uh that's that's the news there and in in other uh reservation holder news. Rivian just announced, I believe today, uh, or was it yesterday? uh, Rivian said, Hey, um, we can't. When we announced the pricing of our vehicles, we announced the pricing of our vehicles back in 2018, uh, pre pandemic, pre chip shortage, pre everything. So now they had to send a note out to all of their reservation holders and said, we can't give you the vehicle for that price. So you can either pay more for the vehicle that you ordered, or we can downgrade you to a lesser vehicle, meaning two motors instead of four or smaller battery for roughly the same
0: price. What's the difference?
1: Well, if you ordered the, you know, the long range, the the, the the price difference. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not insignificant. So, uh, if you ordered the base price vehicle, the R1T, which was – that's up 17% to 78975 And if you ordered the quad motor configuration of the RS1, uh, that's up 20%. 20%. So the, the forums – This has only been out there for like a day, and there's like 40 pages of comments on on the forums in the first day of people saying, uh, this is pricing me out of the vehicle. I I can no longer afford the vehicle. Um, uh, You know, I have to cancel orders, and some are saying, I got to get the lesser version. And it's, you know, obviously, listen, there's not a single person that's that's on the list. That's going. Yeah, all right. It's fine. I mean, some people will deal with it because uh, they can afford it. But nobody got this email and was like, "Eh, I expected this." You know, <coughs> this, is, this is a tough one to swallow. Now, this is this is a tough thing to do because no matter how much money or how little money you have this hurts, right? This hurts to get this sort of news and going, hey, congratulations, you're going to be one of the first people to get this cool new electric truck that we've been talking about, but you're going to have to pay us a lot more money for it. And this is a little different than the dealer going to them and going, hey, you with the new, you know, Lightning or the new Z06 Corvette, you know, we want, I know you gave, Five hundred dollar deposit to get the to get that vehicle, but there's a ten thousand dollar dealer markup, right? So this isn't Ford and GM going, hey dealers, you need to stop doing that. You can't just charge whatever. Uh, you know, people are waiting for the car. There's reservations for the car. You know, do the right thing and just charge sticker. This is the factory going. We can't. We got to make more money on these cars, you know, for whatever financial reasons, stock price reasons, and all, whatever the pressure is coming from. So that's a that's a tough gig. Um, I listen. I that could I, be
0: that. That, that here, here's my prediction. That's either going to be one badass truck, or that they just dealt themselves their death blow. Because if it's, if it's an established manufacturer, you're you're gonna you know. Obviously, have some trust, in it. now you have to have that much more trust in their ability to to provide this technology. And you know, at the top level, to constitute a twenty-five or twenty percent upgrade before you e- you've even driven, yeah, because they're brand new, right? They're
1: brand new. Like all of these order holders have I never. That's driven a horrible it. move. Yeah, it's a it's a tough move. I'm a little surprised that there wasn't some sort of compensation. Like where's where's the goodwill? You know what I'm saying? Um Well, yeah. You know, like you know how like even Ford was like, "Oh, we we you know, we know we have chip shortages and a couple of other things that are affecting the new vehicles. But, you know, we told you guys you were going to get a Bronco. But now we found out the hard tops were leaking water. So there's going to be a delay in the hard tops. But then at least Ford did something. They came back and they said, but we'll give you a credit or like a gift card to use in the, you know, the aftermarket catalog for the parts and accessories, right? So, you know, it's not all equal, but they're going, hey, you know what? Here's a couple of hundred bucks to spend at the dealer while you're there. You want to outfit your vehicle with something. So you're not it's, having to
0: come out of pocket anymore.
1: Yeah. So it's like, you know, you got to wait a little longer and here's some money. But really, is waiting saying, long enough that it Yeah. it doesn't matter.
0: And here, here's something positive on top of it. Yeah. I mean, so, That's just a completely different
1: scenario. Well, so Rivian came out and said, so Ford with the Bronco, they said, you got to wait a little longer. Here's a gift card. Here's some money. (laughs) Rivian said, you got to
0: wait a little longer and bend over and let me kick you uh, in. Yeah, that's it.
1: (laughs) So, uh, you know, a month or two ago. I mean, that's
0: bullshit. So, first
1: they said, you got to wait longer. And now they said, and we're going (laughs) to charge you more money. So, at least come out and.
0: Please come out, open your books and say this is what it, it's costing us extra, right? We'll yeah. meet you halfway in the middle. We'll we'll pay it's it's 20%, we'll pay 10% of it. We're asking you, you know, in good faith to meet us in the
1: middle. Or something. You know what? Any- I, I you are exactly right. At least the optics on that, right? The narrative would have been better if they said, listen, yeah. uh, all the prices for the 2024 vehicles are gonna have a 20% hike. Uh we you know we're going to you know for the existing orders we're going to have to meet you in the middle we're going to take a little bit of a hit we've approved this with our board we know this is going to affect us financially but we don't want you but know we want you to love your vehicle have, yeah they, the,
0: the, the others will have the end
1: That's right and then 2 years from now or whatever or you know uh you know like the the accessories like gift card that kind of thing and if you want to outfit your Rivian I don't know if they have as many aftermarket accessories in their catalog like Ford does but the gesture means more than than anything because you know the parts and the parts the aftermarket parts in the Ford's dealer Ford gives you I don't know a two hundred fifty dollar gift card you spend two hundred fifty dollars of retail pricing but you know <laughs> they're making the parts or you know there's a profit margin there so it was a nice way of them going we're going to compensate you retail level of two hundred fifty bucks that is real money in your pocket but for them on the back end. The bean counters are going, OK, but it's going to cost us, you know, 30 cents. Yeah, it's going to cost us 30 cents for every dollar we're going to give out. Right. Oh, yes. You know, so something along the lines of that. So I don't know. I, I think Rivian is uh, I still like the vehicle. I like what's going on there, Um, you know, having not driven it yet. But these are some of the growing pains, and it's tough when you have to put your growing pains onto the customer as well. Like we've seen this with delays with Tesla and everything else. But listen to Elon Musk's credit; he said, "Congratulations, Rivian, on your IPO and Lucid and what you're doing and the big power and the range." Uh, But just keep in mind, and this is not trying to him being like a wacky guy, you know, or be the dick he's often been in the in the past. Him going. Now you have to build the cars and believe it or not that's the tough part there big guy is uh you know hey Rivian Lucid Mullen Fisker it's like you got to have to start building the cars and uh and and that's going to be tough so he was right on that point Uh anyway that being said it's not, all, it's not all it's not all doom and gloom all that's out of the way let's get to uh some more yeah. inter- more interesting stuff so at the end of this month March 29th Lotus is going to unveil their first SUV. It's going to be, right now they're calling the, the Type 132. Uh, I don't know if that's what it's really going to be called when it hits the the public market. And I don't know when it's going to come out. All we know is every time we hear the announcement of a new car, we're like, congratulations, we got a new car coming out in 2024 exactly or 2025. Awesome. Um, Can't but, wait to
0: forget about it for three years before I see
1: it. Yeah, right? uh so anyway it seems interesting so lotus and suv i think it could be important for the brand it's going to be an ev right it's going to be an electric suv it's going to have you know the lotus dna it's going to be a sport suv i believe they're trying to go after porsche cayenne um which may indicate sort of the size of it if they said porsche macan that'd be different um, I would have thought Porsche Macan because Lotus you typically think small, lightweight, uh, so kind of a sporty uh, SUV. Uh, we'll see where it's going to go from there. Um, the teaser stuff is kind of interesting. There was a, a video that they posted, um, but in the screenshots it's interesting because it's a it's an EV <laughs> and it has paddles. It has like a plus and negative paddle, which there's no real gear changing in, in EVs. There's some technology that's being developed to, you know, for some companies. So maybe it has to do with the braking, the regenerative braking, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, like in the Teslas and a lot of the EV cars, you can do the one, you know, like Ford as well, the Mach-E, you can do the, the one pedal driving, you hit the... F- accelerator, you get off the accelerator and start to apply the brakes. You don't need to use the brake pedal. Maybe it's some version of turning that on and off or the sensitivity of it, things like that. So not sure how they're going to, how they're going to do that. Uh, But anyway, um, that's, that's the news from, from those guys. Uh, SVE. We've talked about these guys before specialty vehicle engineering. Uh, It's an aftermarket tuner, been around for a long time. They're making these specialty vehicles. I'm not sure if I'm a big fan of this thing that they've been doing. A lot of the old-timer guys like this, but they take the modern vehicles, they tune it, you know, whatever, graphics, power, the whole thing, and then they slap on a name like Copo, Camaro, and Yenco and and in this case, they did a GMC Cyclone, right? They brought the Cyclone back, the the hot little all-wheel drive truck. And then they did a modern day version. I I don't know that we need to keep bringing back these nameplates and licensing nameplates and like here's the modern day Yenko and here's the I don't I don't know. It's like I think we're kind of getting away from there's no lineage. There's no soul. Yeah, there's no real tie to it. It's more of just a licensing deal. There, you know, the story, I don't know. For the, for, that's it. I get it. It's a money grab, uh, in, in a sense. And it's like for the guys that have a Yenko or a Copo Camaro and they want to park the new version next to it in their collection. After. Yeah. I, I, listen, tune the car, make the car, <clears throat> give it a different name and, Make it your own and start your own legacy. Uh Don't anyway, lie. the guys from hey, SVE, geez. they did uh GMC Cyclone reboot, right? Um a year ago. They did fifty they produced fifty trucks, uh 750 horsepower, sport suspension, lowered stance. Um I believe it was the five point three liter V eight, had a big supercharger on it. I didn't love it. I didn't love it. It was all-wheel drive. That part was on par. It was an extended cab, not a regular cab, which you know the Cyclone was. So uh, the shorter truck would have been more interesting. I don't even know if they make a shorter truck, but it would have been more interesting if they would have turned it into that. And they supercharged it, which I get it. That's the easy way to make the horsepower, and there's kits out there, and they're street legal and the whole thing. But the original turbo. truck was turbo. <laughs> you know, the original truck was turbo. So if you're going to do it and you're going to call a cyclone, then go through the effort of developing the turbo kit. And, and I guess, you know, work with SEMA or whomever and, and, and get it, you know, 50 state legal and, uh, and, and make us a turbo all wheel drive truck. If you're going to call it a, call it a cyclone. Uh, anyway, so they've got a new truck called the, uh, the Extreme, I think it's the uh, Extreme Off-Road. So same kind of format, but instead of a sport truck, it's the off-road version. It's got the, you know, the tuned shocks, lifted suspension. They're putting their own supercharger on it now. It's 750 horsepower, 600 pound-feet of torque. It's a it's a, a Chevy Colorado is what it's based off of. Um, so if you want the smaller truck, but with the, you know, Dodge TRX, Ram TRX horsepower on the smaller truck, you can get it from these guys. Now, to their credit, they did step up is they have a built engine. uh, They have forged internal CNC ported heads on this upgraded fuel system. They needed to do a lot of work to get this thing to 750 horsepower. So (laughs) my point is, is, well, then why didn't you do that on the cyclone? Why didn't you just develop the twin turbo kit and make a cool cyclone? I'm sure they got a lot of people going. Hey, man, why didn't you turbo the thing? Uh, anyway, here's, it looks here, like it'd be here's cool. A
0: quest- here's a question for you: If they want to, you know, bring back what the originals brought to the table, if I remember correctly, all the Yankos were four speeds.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That
0: sounds right. So, I would be willing to bet that the ones that they replicated are not any of them four speeds.
1: Right. They it wouldn't be on the because they did their Camaros and stuff and yeah, they there's there's no way they would have gone from like a 6-speed manual to a 4-speed or, you know, the 10-speed automatic to, you know, uh, you know, a 4-speed automatic. Um,
0: I, but let's just say manual. Yeah. Let's just say manual period.
1: Yeah. I well, they, I, I I mean the, the manual the Camaro did have an optional manual, so they, they might've been able to do the manual transmission.
0: I'm sure they were able to, but I'm just curious to know how many of them they actually made.
1: That is a good men. question. Yeah. How many got ordered with a manual? Cause if they want to
0: keep it true to, you know, true to history, then there you go. All
1: yeah. right. Well, SVE they're taking their Chevy Colorado, the extreme off road, big horsepower, big wheel and tire package, all the good bits Here's the kicker. If you want it, it's $80,000 over the price of the Chevy Colorado. It's like Hennessy. Uh, yeah, it's like <laughs> like Hennessy. <laughs> um, at least Hennessy names his things his own stuff, so that's good. Exactly. Um, anyway, it looks kind of cool, but uh, on the same notion, you know, you could – you could go to Lingenfelter and get the Lingenfelter, you know, 450 horsepower package, which is the supercharger package for a fraction of the price, and have them install it and dyno tune it and warranty it, and and you can do what you want on the rest of the vehicle. If you want the whole thing turnkey, maybe SV, you can pay the 80 grand uh, over the price of the vehicle, um, but I, you know. Guess so. I'm gonna
0: go get a bag real quick and uh, <laughs>
1: yeah. And okay. Throw up at the same
0: time when you mentioned
1: <laughs> it's knocking down, knocking down the water, knocking down the water. Um, let's see. I've been driving. Uh, I've been driving the Land Rover Defender, uh, the Defender 90. So I drove the Land Rover Defender 110, which is the four-door version. That was a little bit a while ago. I think we got into that. <coughs> I grabbed the uh, the Defender 90, the two door version. You know, the shorter wheelbase; it's quite a bit shorter. It's about 17 inches shorter. Um, <coughs> you know, gives it more Jeep size. We're talking about the Land Rover. I'm driving the Land Rover right. Defender 90, the two door version. You know, they lop 17 inches out of it, and they shorten it up quite a bit. Uh, you know, so now it's a little bit more two-door Jeep size, two-door Bronco size. So if you're into that type of configuration, uh, this is interesting. It's, I believe, the 395 horsepower uh, V6. Now, they are going to have a V8 version. I think the V8 version is just in the four-door, the Defender 110. I'd love to drive that because I think that engine is still fantastic, a lot of fun. I just drove it in the Jaguar F-Type SVR as well. 550 horsepower i'll tell you this about the the defender 90 you've got to really want the short wheelbase for you know the angle of approach and descent and the shorter wheelbase for off-roading it it's very tall it's very short in length Um, maybe it's a less expensive competitor to the g-wagon so knowing what you're buying, if you're getting it for that particular reason, and maybe it's off-road capability, then I understand it. But as far as uh, livability every day, just kind of driving it, it, it's a pain in the ass. You can't just get back- into the back seat. Um, it just it just turns out the utility version part of it is 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 not that great. The four door, I understand, people can go in and out of the back. There's room in it the two door version, you 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 pull up on this handle to flip the seat forward, but then you gotta hit the little electric button and you've got to watch that thing slide. And it's sitting there going, all right, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going to get into the back, right? And you're like, well, you can't just jump in and out. You got to sit there and hold the button. It's a little bit tougher. And then when you go around to the back, you open up the the back door, the storage area on the back of this SUV is pretty small. And when you fold down the seats, it definitely gives you more room, but there's a brace that goes across. It's about three or four inches tall. So if you wanted to slide something flat, uh, that's not going to happen. It's literally like an aluminum bar on the bottom. So you've got about, I don't know, uh, 18 inches, maybe 20 inches. When you open the door, you see the back of the rear seats And then below it is like this aluminum bar, this aluminum brace. So if you want that space, fine. But if you fold down the seats, that little aluminum bar doesn't go anywhere. So that's a little weird to not be able to fold something flat. But I guess if you're just like throwing backpacks and, you know, luggage and things like that, maybe you can use it as some sort of luggage separator. I guess the thought is if you get the two-door, if you get the Defender 90, and you fold down the rear seats, and you basically just use it as a two-seater vehicle, but with more storage in the back, then it makes a little bit more sense to me. But if you're using it as a four-seater, it's a little odd. And then the one I drove, which um, isn't the fanciest version. It was the first edition, um, but not with all of the options, and it had this – Interesting jump seat in the front, in the middle. So the, the front seats can seat three people if you want it, right? Now, I believe there's an option to just get a regular center console, cup holders, armrest. But the way this worked was the middle seat, although narrow, and it has a seatbelt, it folds down. And then on the back of that seat, you have your armrest and cup holders, but it sits very high, especially for a guy my size right it's your your arm is up very high and it takes up a lot of space for a center console. You're
0: alone, what do you expect?
1: Yeah, yeah. And then when you fold it up because it has to have a headrest on it, you know, sort of an integrated headrest, when it's down in in center console mode, it's got this big kind of pad going to the front. It's a little Again, you've really got to know what you're getting this getting into with this thing. I would say not like
0: there's a lot of use for it in L.A. County.
1: That's what I'm saying for for all the mall hoppers out there that are going to cruise around this thing in Beverly Hills. You got to know what you're getting when you when you get into the inside of this thing and you drive it and you want to use it if you're going to use the back seats or whatever. Now that being said, every time I park this thing, people went up and took pictures of it. It's a cool looking vehicle, and the two door looks badass. Look, you you got the new Bronco, you got gauged the new Bronco. We saw the two doors. The two doors look badass. But the two-door is less practical than the four-door, right? So you want to get the four-door, and if Gage is going to go out and drive it, and he's got a couple of his buddies or teammates or whatever, like the four-door is way more practical. Although the two-door looks cool, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Um, And kind of the same idea with with this thing. I Look, I like the Defender. I think the Defender is very cool. I I think stylistically it, it does a pretty good job of being modern, but also, you know, tip the hat at the old, uh, t- you know, to the old defenders. I think the off-road capability is, is pretty cool for this thing. I, I know a lot of, you know, higher net worth people that are going, Oh, I've got a second house. So I'm going to Telluride or I'm in Jackson hole and I want a cool vehicle and, you know, or Montana, my second property. And, you know, I picked up the defender out there. It's like, yes. Well, <laughs> well,
0: listening to your assessment, uh, uh I would say that defenders done one hell, hell of a job replicating what they did in the past.
1: They, they, you're right. That's exactly right. They did. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just saying,
0: but, but, but there's kudos to them for doing that because they didn't change the concept,
1: you know, a hundred percent.
0: They kept it as true to history as possible to satiate the people that, that have those vehicles. My brother's one of them. I loved his, his two door defender. Yeah. Uh when I drove it, I, there seemed to be a decent amount of room in that in the back, but it's a, it's a specialized vehicle. It's util, it, yeah. it's a upscale utilitarian vehicle. That's very specialized,
1: what, you know, you, I mean, your brother's was an older truck. It was, one yeah. Of, yeah, right. So he's got, he's got that style. Does he have any of the n- new defenders?
0: I'm not sure. He's a Land Rover guy, uh, as far as the four doors concerned, but yeah, yeah. I remember he had one of the original two doors.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I I like the new vehicle. I like the new Range Rovers. I like the new um, the new Land Rover Land Rover Sport. I, you know, all of those I like. I just think, I just as I was trying to move stuff around and use the vehicle, it was just a little awkward to me, and I was getting a little frustrated. I was like, I would just get the four door. So anyway, that's just kind of my thought. But you, I like you it. drove the four door. I did. Said- I drove the four door. And, uh I did like a rally with it there was like a there was like a supercar rally from a, a bunch of friends and a dealer had and I was just driving this so they're like let's cut the canyons and everybody had like Audi r8s and stuff and I was like I'm gonna do it in a Land Rover I'm just gonna do it in the and then the defender 110 and I and, remember and did you like it? You, I, you I, I did have any like it about that right no I, I I did like it now I I had the 110 and I had the fancier version so that's kind of where you're like "Mm," you know do you get the stripped down version or do you get the fancier version look in the world of jeep and bronco and land rover defender it's nice to have those options Mm -hmm. and i wouldn't even consider them a small medium and large you can get a fully equipped jeep for around sixty thousand bucks right and you can get kind of a base land rover you know for you know the Fifty thousand or something, you know. So, you know, the one that I drove, this Defender ninety, um, had the nice audio system. It had, you know, the jump seat in the middle. It seemed fine. I think it was like sixty two or sixty four thousand. It wasn't yeah. an eighty five thousand dollar version. It was sixty something thousand. Nice yeah, you know. So it's a. It was. It's an interesting option when you're when you're cross shopping those things. I think the 110 is a little bit more, but I think the four door vehicles. Like I was at a used car lot looking at a car for a friend. It's it's in San Francisco, and you know they had the Jeep uh, Gladiator, the four door Gladiator there, and they're like, "This thing's used. It was hardly you know it was it was used, but I was like, it's fifty thousand dollars." For the used price, <laughs> you know, for a, a four-door, you know, Gladiator black, you know. Well, yeah, but look at used
0: cars nowadays.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I I don't think this is outlandish pricing, you know. This is why we're not having the same conversation with the, you know, with the G-Wagon or something, which I don't know if that starts. $90,000 works its way up. Um uh, and besides, I don't know that I've ever seen one of those things go off road. I think you can use the Defender 90 and, and have a great time going off road. Or if you live in weather, <laughs> Bill, <laughs> you know it's a it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting option.
0: That's why the neighbor that's why the neighbors got the first 110 that I see.
1: Yeah, see the 110 I do like, and I'm excited about driving the V8 version. I'd like to see that thing, which is sort of a badass, uh, a big power engine in it. Um, all right. Before we wrap up, I just got I got this this note again. As we're waiting for you know orders to open on Corvette Z06, because um, I'm very interested in it. I don't know if I can get one or can afford it, but it sounds like uh, March twenty uh, fourth. March twenty fourth, the order books are going to start to open. I don't know how they're rolling it out. I don't know if there's going to be dealer markups. I don't know if you're on the email list. If you just get the email saying you can order. But uh, there's going to be no shortage of options for the, for the vehicles, for, the, for the, the 2023 Corvette C8 and the Z06 version. Uh, here's a couple of uh, notes. 14 exterior color options, um, <laughs> 11 exterior striping options. <laughs> 21 interior treatment options. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so you will be able to, and more. The list goes on and on. There's just going to be so much you're going to be able to do. Um, to the point where you're like, God, I hope I don't see two Z06s exactly the same. Because with all these different uh, options... I do kind of like this. This kind of goes back to cars, you know, in the 60s and going, hey, you can start to check off all these little boxes. You know, Porsche still does it now. But the thing with Porsche is like you go in and you're like, oh, sticker price, you know, the base price is 78000 And by the time you're done, you're at $112,000. You can add $30,000 in a heartbeat and just options, you know, on that. But uh, Yeah,
0: brakes and a turbo upgrade.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, and and look maybe maybe it makes sense for something like Chevrolet keeping the Corvette around using it as a halo car knowing that the sales numbers are you know fairly low certainly not you know Chevy Silverado selling you know 800,000 trucks 850,000 trucks you're going to sell a few thousand Corvettes How do you make money off the vehicle? Well, you offer ninety-seven different options on it, and you charge a little bit of money for each one of those things, and then, you know, every sixty-five thousand dollar, yeah, every sixty-five thousand dollar Corvette becomes a ninety-thousand dollar Corvette with profit margin, and you know, it's something oddly okay with that because it gives us the customer the choice. You know, hey, I want to get a base Corvette. I want to spend 65 grand and I'm going to get all the performance that I want out of it. Or I really want to start to personalize it. I'm going to spend 75, 85, $95,000 for the car. You know, um, so I guess that's kind of the thought process on it is you don't have to have the same one as anybody else. You could do what you want with it. But man, the more I read up on that car and the Z06, the re- the, I read up on that engine. It seems like a really, really impressive car that – it's not going to be able to last very long because doing the naturally aspirated flat plane crank I think is going to be in like – in the Z06 for a year, two years, three years. I don't think it's going to be able to go much longer than that. They got to do the hybrid version. They got to do more efficient versions. Maybe a ZR1 will come out. That will be a hybrid or the hybrid will be separate and a ZR1 will be turbo. I don't think they're don't going to kid, do a supercharged probably, probably
0: version. Got all, they, they probably already have all of them. So don't kid you. They do.
1: So, I mean, what we hear is there's a base C8 Corvette. There's a Z06 with the naturally aspirated flat plane crank V8. There's going to be a hybrid version of the Corvette that not necessarily meant to be more than the Z06 performance-wise, but more than the base C8. And then possibly a ZR1 version which would be turbos instead of supercharger, but probably not the flat plane crank V8 version because they want to make those cars different enough, right? Go, hey, if you want naturally aspirated, you get the cool naturally aspirated engine. If you want turbo, then you get maybe the base C8 engine, but with turbos and ultimately more horsepower. I don't know, 750 horsepower. And then I don't know where the hybrid version is going to fall into that, Uh, performance-wise, but I assume you're saying, hey, hybrid now brings in all-wheel drive, right? Maybe we've got electric motors on the front, like the NSX. It's got to be a
0: lot more to pull people away.
1: Yeah. That's my thought. And also, if you think of all the different variations of like 911 and some of the other cars like that, well, this is Chevrolet's way of going, well, if we do several variations of this car, we continue to build halo cars and we can make more money by having all of these options available. I mean, mm-hmm. the Mustang lineup now, forget Mach-E for a second, but having having the EcoBoost and then the GT and then the Mach-1 and the GT500, mm-hmm. uh, you have all these variations, you know, sort of a small, medium, large, and XL version, yeah. right? So why not be able to continue to do that with with Corvette, which they've done, right? They've always had the, the Corvette and the Z06 and the ZR1, at least for, for some time now. Um, anyway, it's just it sounds interesting. I like what they're doing. It looks like a phenomenal car. The performance numbers are just bonkers off the chart. Uh, we've got to get Alistair back in uh, from Edmonds. He's, he's not in now. He just had a, another baby. So uh, he's got a little boy at home. But they've got this – I think the series is called, I don't know, like U-Turn or, or something – And they're like, hey, let's do a performance head-to-head race, but we're going to drag race, hit the brakes, make a U-turn around the cones, and come back. And the first episode was the C8 Corvette versus the new Cadillac CT5 Blackwing, (laughs) right? Um, The Cadillac has a manual transmission. The Corvette uh, I, I don't think did the corvette was like f- whatever they are 480 horsepower 4 something horsepower and naturally aspirated and the cadillac is like 650 horsepower and uh, they're like yeah but the corvette you know it, it handles better and it pulls 1. I don't know 1 Gs in the turns and it's lighter weight and man they launched those things uh, it looked like the Corvette was ahead. They hit that U-turn almost at the same time. The Cadillac pulled almost the same G's as that Corvette, and on the way back, on the first run, the Cadillac outpowered the Corvette, and then on the second one, I think the the Corvette won. But just kind of shows you weight, aerodynamics, gearing configuration. You know, it's not just horsepower. You know, we're talking. I don't know. The the Cadillac came in. <laughs> 150, almost 200 pounds, or 150, almost 200 horsepower more, and that compensated for the weight and stuff. What I was surprised is I would have thought for sure they'd say, hey, let's grab the automatic transmission Cadillac, because that's going to be the faster car. Mm -hmm. But they grabbed the manual transmission, and that is the coolest sedan I have seen in a while. It's too freaking small. And Well, the CT4 black is like a three series and the ct5 is the larger one but maybe Even yeah maybe with, with the recaro seats and everything but i am so interested in driving these i spoke to cadillac i think we're gonna get on the list to drive one of these but you know it's kind of like what you and i were talking about the other day going this could be the last hurrah for a couple of these vehicles you know mm-hmm. go out and maybe you know like the TRX, you know that you've got the Mach One that I bought. Maybe the Corvette Z06. Maybe this 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 Cadillac six speed manual transmission and turbo engine. Adam brought up a good point. He's like those CTS V wagons from a few years ago with the six speed manual in the wagon. He's like those things are bonkers on Bring a trailer. Priceless. Like, yeah. You know maybe uh, maybe the CT5 with a manual transmission. Uh, I I know guys are going to be scooping those things up, putting no miles on them in ten years. They're going to pop up on Bring a Trailer, and they're going to be, I you know, they're going to be massive collectible cars, massively collectible cars. You know? Yeah, if it was bigger, if it was a little bigger, <laughs> yeah, just a little bit, <laughs> just
0: a little. give me four inches in width in the entire.
1: I, you know, I guess the question is, do oh. they all come with, like, the Recaro seats? Or is there more of a sort of a broader shoulder kind of version of the of Not the
0: necessarily seat? the seat. It's the frame of the vehicle
1: itself. Yeah. It's the door. Yeah. And
0: if I remember correctly, that's because when they first came out with those, I fell in love with it, obviously. You know, monstrous, 600, over 600-horsepower 600 manual, yeah. catalog, you know, that <laughs> harkens back to this. CTSV the wagon
1: yeah. Days.
0: I'd love to see that again.
1: Yeah. It'd be great if they did a wagon version. That'd be kind of fun. I don't know if they'd sell any, but they'd sell, you they'd know sell one. They'd sell well, they'd sell a handful to uh for you know to the the guys who listen to the show basically. Um all right, let's go ahead and uh we're gonna wrap things up. We're gonna give the studio off to uh, the next crew. Uh you guys, thanks for listening. it's Carcas uh, you can follow me at Motorator on social media. Social media is Goldberg and Goldberg Garage on Twitter. It's Goldberg95 and Goldberg's Garage on Instagram. Um, thanks, buddy. We'll, uh, we'll chat soon. Until next time, keep the air and the spare in the bag and the wheel.
0: Garage cranking.
1: You love to save money on insurance? Of course. Who doesn't love a good deal? Well, when it comes to great rates on insurance for everything, GEICO can help. Insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, RV, even homeowners, condo, and renters coverage. Save even more with a special discount when you bundle coverages. Plus... Add the easy-to-use GEICO mobile app and 24-hour roadside assistance and the switch to GEICO becomes a no-brainer. Switch today and see how you can save. Simply go to GEICO.com to get a rate quote or contact your local agent.